Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Unexplained World Internet Radio Broadcast with your host, Edward Shanahan, a paranormal, spiritual observer, and psychic reader, along with Annette, a high priestess and psychic reader. The Unexplained World is a location where the border between the natural and supernatural may become nothing more than fuzzy, so enjoy. This is Annette. I can hear you. Okay. Hello. Uh, all right. Now you hear me fine? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to have to get a new hookup here for my phone. Um, so how are you doing, kid? Stranger? I'm doing good. Welcome, listeners, to the Unexplained World. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, um, it's a May 3rd broadcast, listeners. You probably didn't catch the first uh, bit of it. I'm at Shanahan. And the lady I'm talking to is Annette. Annette, um, before we start chatting a little bit, leave the listeners know who our guest is going to be, and we will be bringing on in a couple minutes. Uh, we'll be talking tonight to Andre Vitamus, and he has written a book called Hands-On Chaos Magic. Um, it's a voluminous book that I'm sure he's going to have all kinds of exciting things to tell us about. Yeah, I've I've gotten a book. I got it Friday, and uh, it is a thick book. Uh, I believe four hundred and something pages. Yeah, so, that's right. <clears throat> I was scanning through it a bit. Um, I haven't told you that, but now I have the chartreuse and the black layer. So all we have to do is get together and put it all to use <laughs> one of these days <laughs> that we one of these uh, days. Can, yeah, that we can find the time to do so. Yeah. Um, and order that stuff special. So um, it's one, yeah, it's good. Have you tasted it yet? No. Um, oh, really you have it in your possession, and then weren't even curious to open the bottle. <laughs> yeah, I was going to take a swift, uh, a swift, a sniff of it because it says the aroma and all that. But um, oh, I figured yeah. one thing might lead to another. Um, <laughs> as you know, my curiosity, um, I'd be lighting the candle right away, planting it in the center of the table, and staring at it. Um, you know, so. Poppy Zebright is an author who Chartreuse was written to this novelette that she did, and she described it as um, having the flavor of the herbs of a thousand altars. Mm. So okay. that tells you something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, okay, let me talk about the upcoming events we have coming up. I and yeah. Janelle will be doing readings at the Scott, Scott Ma- Victoria Mansion in Joliet on Sunday, May 31st. There will also be a Victorian tea party held all day. Then June 13th, we talked about it on the past show. Is the Haunted Insane Asylum Beyond the Veil Overnighter in Peoria, Illinois, with Orsa Bielski and myself? Details for both can be found at theunexplainedworld.com or at hauntedhistoriclocations.com. Okay? Um, now, that should be... You- you know, goosebump raising time, that one. Yeah, um yeah. Um I'm getting a little bit a little bit more hesitant about it. But um I'm tied into doing it now. So that will be June thirteenth. Um and you and I are gonna be appearing somewhere on the twentieth of June. Do you got your notes handy or would you rather bring that up at a later show? You know, I'll I'll just give a a quick little synopsis. Um it's the two D in Simier, which is um, kind of a, like a gathering of all of every walk. Um, it's a pagan festival held on the summer solstice, and uh, that's put together by Rosina, and she'll be coming on our show um, June the 14th to tell us all about it, just a week prior right. to the event. 
Um, it's out there in your neck of the woods, Ed, in Illinois. And uh, I'll have more details about uh, the where, the when, the how. and But it'll be an all-day event, and all oh, they have crafters and suppliers there of all your pagan and witchcraft or whatever you want to call it needs. Um, a, a couple of circles. There's lots of stuff for children to do, as well as grown-ups, music, dancing. Oh, it'll just keep you busy all day. Lunch, everything. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> okay, that'll be uh, June 20th. All right. Uh, why don't we introduce our guest and okay. we'll bring him on. Very good. Right. His name is Andre Vitamus, and like I said, he has written a book called Hands-On Chaos Magic. Um, he is a fully initiated uh, voodoo priest and a hypnotherapist, as well as a Reiki master. So this man has a lot to tell us. Are you with us tonight? Yes, I am. I am. How are you doing tonight? We're fine. How about yourself? I'm doing great. It's kind of funny because you're talking about, like, uh, I'm originally from Chicago, and you're talking about one of my friends with Rosina in your original. Uh, oh. <laughs> I haven't seen in the Isn't longest she time. fabulous? We're such fans. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. She's, she's one of my actually good friends. We've known each other for several years, but I guess that comes from being in the same city as her for a few years, so. That's right. Well, it's funny that you and I have never bumped into each other because Rosine and I have been friends for a long time also. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I just kinda, keep I, hidden out here in Indiana. I moved out to Ohio for a few years, for the last three years. and But before that, yeah, I was in a, lived my, born and raised in Chicago. So. Right on. Well, are you going to be able to join us at the festival this year? I don't know. We'll see what happens. June's going to be a crazy month. so. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> like, very crazy Andrea, month, so. Andrea hello. Yeah. Um, Ed Shanahan here. How do you pronounce the first name? Is it Andrea? Andrea, and the last name Andrea. is actually Vitimus. Okay. Vitimus, okay. okay. Right. I, I apologize. Sure. Sorry about that. And if you want to be formal and... Uh, you could you could pack a fratter in front of there, but that's not necessary usually. <laughs> Which is just brother okay. Andrea Vitimus, so Okay. And I Okay. Um Andrea, tell us give us an idea, what is chaos magic? Try to give us a little run through what that means. Absolutely. Now see chaos magic. There really isn't such a thing as chaos magic. There's no set system, no dogma, no set of techniques that comprises chaos magic. What chaos magic is, is an attitude. It's an attitude towards magic and the universe that encourages experimentation, assumes that there might not be an ultimate truth, and encourages you to go out and try stuff and play with it to see what results you get in the physical world. Okay. All right. Um, now, the book that you wrote, Hands-On Chaos Magic, um, it's, it's also called Reality Manipulation Through the Oveki Current? Yep. You got that okay. totally right. So. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so tell us, what is the Oveki Current? Well, if, if anyone out there is a ceremonial magician, realize that there are intelligences and spirits, and for the people out there doing shamanic paths, everything can have a spirit. Oveki is the intelligence or spirit that evolved as a process of writing the book. It is actually the spirit of the book. Oh, okay. That came about through the process of the detailed kind of meditations, the hard work of writing, the hard work of editing, and that all that effort together and the experiences that the book talks about, actually, all that work together has an alternate name, and that spiritual force is called Oveki. Interesting. How long did the process take of writing the book and getting everything put together? Oh, six and a half, seven years. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, had to, I, I had to go through a lot of uh, – I had to kind of work through a lot of very rough, uh, personal experiences to glean the techniques out of those experiences that worked, that produced real-world uh, verifiable results, and then put that into the book. So you're kind of experimenting in life and then creating the book as you went along. 
Well, um, the book kind of details the process that I, uh, the techniques that I used through a very kind of difficult period of my life when I was actually um, homeless and I didn't know what was up, and I kind of know that now as kind of a, a shamanic sickness, an initiatory sickness where kind of spirits and forces of the universe or however you want to call it decided I was going to get into magic and I wasn't really wanting to get into magic and until I did it wasn't going to get better. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> that was pretty much how it went. There wasn't much choice there. And these were kind of like when you put in that situation you need things that work uh and obviously I have a master's degree now, so I, I I've got I've bettered my life, which is the real point of, of magic in my eyes is to be more well and happy and keep becoming upward spiral. And um, those, Oveki kind of, is, is like you say in the beginning of the book, is really the techniques that I would have liked to have in one place when I was just learning magic and not struggling for years and years and years to figure everything out, uh, read multiple books and get like one little nugget. So instead I wrote a book that's solid, a bunch of solid techniques, like nugget after nugget, uh, to kind of raise the bar in occult books, as it were. Oh, that's interesting, because I know what you mean about just getting one little nugget out of a full text. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I've got yeah, a library full of one little nugget at a time, yeah. I do, too. I have five bookcases full of occult books that probably get one or two nuggets from every one of them. Some a little more than that, but usually it's one or two. Yeah. But some of the book also taps into uh, the science of things, like uh, NLP, um, which I don't know if people are too, how many people are aware of what it is. Um, through my readings, I am. Um, very interesting um, that it taps oh. into that, too. Go ahead. In old times, you know, shamans and... Um, you know, the Greek oracles, and we've been using trance technologies for thousands and thousands of years, probably even back to Cro-Magnum Man. It's just that the newer versions of those technologies are NLP and hypnosis, and people have really studied how to get people into trance states very quickly. And mm -hmm. that's um, that allows you to uh, do magic, because obviously, in in my personal opinion and, and others, getting into that trance state is the mo one of the most critical parts of the magic. So if you have newer techniques, like in NLP, which is neuro-linguistical programming, that allows you to believe in the magic more powerfully and get into that trance state where you can believe in the magic more powerfully faster, as a chaos magician who believes or believes there may not be an ultimate truth, which that that's a perfectly valuable valuable thing to integrate and use across the board because it speeds up the process of magic and how to explain magic as well as a lot of the meditative stuff and helps people get into deeper meditations quicker. Um, you know, if you're you know, studying Buddhist uh, meditations, I mean it could take years and years and years before you can meditate and get into a deep trance state. So the NLP and hypnosis, in my eyes, kind of lets us take a shortcut through a different yeah. uh, technology. And, and all, in, almost in a lot of ways, a lot of magic is a type of spiritual technology um, of connecting to the different divinities. But with NLP and hypnosis particularly, it's a well-studied cognitive and, um, well, Jungian and Freudian way to get into trance state faster once you study what they're actually doing. I've seen um, I, I've seen good examples of it. I don't know how you could if you would consider it that, but um, if people want to tap, um, go to YouTube and tap in, uh, type in Darren Brown. Um, he uses uh, a lot of NLP. And, um, when yeah, he he, he he uses NLP to get people to actually trick them into believing he's invisible. Right, um, yeah. Which says a lot about our perceptions and reality in some cases. How much is what we are perceiving is real or just perception? And can we ever really know the difference? Yeah, he's got a whole, um, he's got a whole collection of videos up there. 
on different uh, uses of N, uh, NLP. But of course, he's an entertainer, so that is different than what you're doing. Uh, right, and and um, but uh, Peter Carroll and, and um, Lieber and Psychonaut talks about this too, which is called sleight of mind. Well, mm-hmm. in some cases. When we're doing magic, we're tricking ourselves so that we don't really know what we're doing. So that way, chaos magic would generally put this in the subconscious mind, and in hypnosis we would too. We would generally try to get the magic into the subconscious mind, which can go out and do it, because the conscious mind kind of fights against magic, because, well, we've been conditioned for so many years to believe all this weird stuff isn't real. Magic's not real. The supernatural's mm-hmm. not real. All of it's not real. That's that's what we're told every day, over and over and over. You know, by a very materialistic worldview. But we often have experiences which disagree with that. But then it, when we're trying to go out and do magic to have stuff happen, then all that conditioning gets in the way and kind of prevents us from actually um, having the kind of coincidences that lead to a happier and better life. I uh, I was drawn right to that uh, section of your book about the subconscious mind um, because I believe, as you do, okay, there's much more in there than what people let out. And uh, it's a very interesting, I don't know if you want to call it tool, but um, very interesting, very interesting. Uh, Annette, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I want to kind of keep going with that. So w- when using chaos magic, you're more of a self-hypnosis or putting yourself into a trance so that you may create the magic. Is that well, correct? Rather well, than trying pers- to hypnotize another person to do your magic? Well, in some ways, um, I mean, there's a difference. I would draw a difference between ceremony and magic that maybe not everyone would. In some ways, every act of magic has to involve trance state in some way. Um, Some people get so good at the magic that they don't require what seems like a formal trance state. But I've I've met readers when I watch them. It might only be for like a couple seconds before they start doing the reading, and they're very talented readers, but you can see their body exhibits all the – examples of what is formal trance state and then they when they're done with the reading it takes about five seconds or so and then they're they're back and i myself having done psychic readings a lot as a hugan have the same thing where i will go into trance state purposely before i do the reading i'm not quite as fast as some of the really good people i've seen uh with this and then come back out and not remember exactly what i said um and i, I i've seen that even with like uh, with healers, when they really get into it and the healing's really working, you see them kind of exhibit all the examples of trance state. It just they go in and out of it fast enough that it's not quite so obvious. Okay. When you use the word, I mean, hopefully, hopefully I pronounce it right. Sigil, sigil, S-I-G-I-L. Yeah, sigil. I you use it on a lot of. Few of your um, what kind of chapters in here? Um, what is that magic? Sigil. Well, sigil, sigil magic works on a very simple principle. That if you can get an alternate form for what you want the subconscious to do, and get into and um, really tax the conscious mind through dancing, through um, meditation, through any number of means, you really are making your conscious mind shut down, that that symbol that's a representation of what you actually want will go into the subconscious mind, which will then perform the magic. Uh, It'll make it happen. And there's a lot of different ways it can make it happen, and there's different explanations. But once you shut that conscious mind down, and you're, you're doing ritual, that conscious mind shuts down because there's so much going on or there's, you're in such a meditative stance, then that sigil, which is just an alternate representation that your conscious mind doesn't really get, mm-hmm. gets pushed into the subconscious mind. And because your conscious mind is otherwise occupied by dancing or meditating or focusing or 
chanting or any number of things that it can't connect the dots and stop it from getting into the subconscious mind because it's too busy doing something else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one of your one of your paragraphs is uh, subconscious mind conscious representation of a role of belief becomes mirrored in the shadow as an opposite. In fact, the greater the expression of a position in the physical world, the greater the subconscious desires the opposite. Yes, that's, that, that's the that's the chapter in shadow work of why we have to look at the hidden sides of ourselves because. This is kind of the thing. When you take a position out in the world, it empowers a part of you that's the opposite. And that's a very mm-hmm. um, Jungian point of view. But it seems to bear out in practice. Like the most vocal proponents of, like, say, the religious right, often they have huge skeletons in their closets that, <laughs> that get expressed when they're yeah. least expecting it. And this is exactly what's going on if you're not doing the self-work. And you take that extreme position, all of a sudden... You know, when you're in a vulnerable position, when you're, you know, drunk or otherwise stressed out or something, bam. Jimmy Swaggart is an example. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But this, this is kind of actually like why the in, in ceremonial magic, you know, people like Juan Milo de Cat and a lot of others, will say the great work of magic is to actually understand yourself. That doesn't just mean... To know what you consciously want, it means to go into what you don't know about yourself, those hidden patterns, drudge them up, bring them to the light of day, understand them, and understand what happens when you you don't do that kind of self-work. And that's what happens when people take a position that's that extreme, all of a sudden the opposite gets empowered too, and all of a sudden, you know... You know, you have very, very, very right-wing politicians in bathrooms in Minnesota tapping at the bathroom. Yeah, on the floor, yeah. On the floor, yeah. Next door to him, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I go ahead. Oh, you guys are all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what I'm really interested in, Andrea, is to find out about your uh, voodoo priest experience. Well, I don't know, fully initiated Hugan, uh, a Sawa-level uh, Haitian voodoo priest, um, and I, and you, you ha- I went to Haiti to get initiated. I didn't, I didn't do it in America, um, mm-hmm. uh, which is very, very, very hardcore because um, Haiti is a very poor, very Haiti is a very poor country. So uh, it's, it was um, really a transformative experience. Um, so it, and we work with things. We work with the ancestors, um, like many of your listeners do. Um, and uh, and the law, the mysteries, uh, which um, you know, a lot of the the things people know about voodoo, and this kind of holds for chaos magic too. But a lot of the things in voodoo, particularly, uh, what people think it is, it's not. You know, it's not um, even the idea of the puppets that is normally associated with voodoo is more of a European technique of magic than it is a African or uh, Haitian technique. Uh, but things that got created here in the South, yeah, yeah, and actually comes from Europe into the South and mixes with the voodoo. No, don't get me wrong; it's a, it's a great technique, but it's not really voodoo. It, it, and voodoo has that property sometimes, even in Haiti, especially in New Orleans, where it starts to absorb different things. So, uh, you know, like one of the laws, Mama Bridget, which is actually a Celtic goddess that gets incorporated into the um, the litany and then voodoo because you know when the Irish came to Haiti they would da- go to dances and they would dance around and then this thing would possess them and people would ask who are you and they're like I'm Mama Brigitte I'm Brigitte right. and they say well if something possesses somebody it's a, it's a law and that's kind of their attitude um, so and it's a very beautiful kind of a very beautiful religion uh, where you create beautiful altars, beautiful ceremonies, very, very balanced um, uh, religion between what we consider aggressive and uh, beneficial spirits. and kind of all balances out. It's, 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 it's very, very beautiful in a lot of ways. 
How long did that process take you when you were there in Haiti? Oh, I was down there a month. Um, oh, okay. But I, I learned. I went down there for to also learn Makaya, some Makaya magic, which is a, a slightly different form of voodoo um, that doesn't require initiations. Um, okay. Which deals with herbal uh, herbal magic and uh, different ways to call uh, the loi, and there's slightly there are a few different loi. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a. Uh, it was very, very cool, and, and people who have been at my voodoo rituals are like, wow, <laughs> and I was quite seeing somebody get possessed like that because they're fantastic rituals. Uh, when you see somebody get fully possessed and, you know, they have a sword at their side and it, they don't hurt or they put their hand in flame and just all kinds of stuff happens that are just unbelievable, That and the, per, the person's always fine afterwards. It's, it's great. Oh, I'm hip. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I'd like to say, listeners, if you want to call in, the number is 646-915-9653, and press 1 if you want to talk. Um, now, do you do that voodoo magic over in the state side here? Yeah, I do. do okay. I do voodoos. I mean... Obviously, you know, as a chaos magician, I can switch paradigms. We can work with different systems to learn from them. But certainly voodoo is one of the systems that I'm very, very good with and very strong with and get very good results with. I wouldn't went to Haiti if I didn't get just great results. I mean, I, honestly, every time the law have promised me anything, it's always come to pass, which, you know, that's fantastic, you know. Right on, yeah. Um. Andrea, can you give us a little example of of chaos magic, an example of how you would use it in your daily life, something that would come about and you need an answer or you want it change, or can you just give the audience an idea of well, one the of the most you use it? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the most important things that even anyone can learn, even chaos magician, you know, Wiccan, a- anyone really, um, <laughs> is how to cleanse and banish. Now, for the ceremonial magicians and listening, you know, realize the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, well, it takes some time to do. Yes. Um, now, a chaos magician might look at that, which I have, and said, I can reduce this down. What do I need to be at? So what do I need to be at? And like on, on the show yesterday, what I did was run through a banishing that uses the memory of a, of a shower to, and moves into the kind of new age idea of uh, column of light, but it's not enough just to visualize that. Like what? That's the that's the key. See, a chaos, the chaos magic there is looking for a synthesis. It says, "Well, I've worked with this system. I've worked with this system. How can I come up with something new that is really useful?" And through you know, when you start combining with NLP, okay, well, I need to not only feel that light coming down. I need to see it. I need to hear it. I need to feel its temperature, maybe see its vibe, and using all those senses at once, you can get that down so it's like 30 seconds where you're just sitting in your chair, and then you feel great. And that's an example, really, of the kind of reiteration and kind of playing with different techniques that we're doing. And if not, if you're at work and you get annoyed by your boss or something, you can stay annoyed for like hours and hours. Or if you have this kind of little banishing that works in 30 seconds or a minute, bam, and then you're calm and collecting can keep going in a day. And that's an example of, that is an example of something that I would do, do on a regular basis when I get stressed out at work. So it's something without the, let's say, without the total ceremonial stuff, it's basically right to the, right to the um, top subject matter in taking care of the situation. Yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, most chaos magicians I know are very talented, able to do ceremonies. But yeah, sometimes, sometimes you need to get something fast. I mean, if you're in an airport and your luggage is gone, you need to like whip out a sigil spell pretty fast, and you really can't be chanting out loud in an airport and you know convulsing and calling on God names in front of everyone in the airport. You have to kind of do that all on the fly when it counts and get your luggage back. Sounds a little like the... That's a great uh, example. That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) (laughs) 
It sounds like a little like the gypsy magic. Uh, we had a lady on that was uh, a gypsy, that is a gypsy, and uh, we were talking about gypsy magic. And um, it's kind of like what you said, uh, yeah. without you know an instant type of uh, scenario where you need to do uh, without the ceremonial stuff and that. So. No, I mean, yeah, I mean that said, I mean, of course the ceremonies are beautiful, and you know sometimes it's it's just cool to do. I mean, but really, the beauty of chaos magic is once you kind of have this proposition that there may not be an ultimate truth it means that you're free and you don't have to be right you only have to get something to work and that's that's not as hard as being right yeah you know uh because it worked and that's good enough and you don't have that burden of having to be correct or right because you got something to work You, you accept that as kind of the fact that you're on the right path all right, I'm going to ask this question from basically a, you know, general public type of uh, question. Do you ever consider if it's white or black or anything like that, or you just do it? See, now chaos magic assumes that there is no white or black magic because there's all different colors of magic, and it's really an intention that decides what it is. And since there may not be an ultimate truth, every chaos magician is left to their own ethics to decide what is right or wrong. Okay. Okay. Which different it's chaos magicians will have different ethics, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If, Go there, ahead, if there were an, an ultimate truth watching over you, I think that they would probably want you to go that route anyway. <laughs> be who you're meant to be. Well, yeah, you, you would hope, but I mean, there are certain um, systems of magic that certainly, as part of the truth they accept, there are certain things you can and can't do. Well, it's correct, yeah. Um, and, and that's not the case with chaos magic, because if you were in a paradigm that you couldn't do something and you needed to do it, you could switch world beliefs into a system that didn't. And that's one of the tenet, That's one of the things chaos magic does, too. They attempt to switch your worldview to make your mind more flexible. So that way, one day you might be a Buddhist, and the next day you might be a voodoo priest, and uh, a chaos magician who's very experienced can put their full belief in that worldview at that time towards the purpose they're working at. That is actually the hardest part of chaos magic, is to be able to switch that belief. Um, Okay. So they're not wearing no marquee saying, I'm this, I'm that. I'm all as needed, basically. As right? needed, that's right. Okay, okay. And then chaos magicians are also very creative. I mean, that's one of the undercurrents, really, of chaos magic is this license. It's not a license to do whatever you want. That's not mm-hmm. that's not what we're saying. We're not, it's not uh, just throw things together and have it... Uh, any which way, anyone, any chaos magician who's putting different elements together will be able to justify that, uh, usually. They really will be able to have a good theoretical background for why they're doing what they're doing, and it'll make a lot of sense. It's not just because two people wanted uh, two different goddesses in one ritual. That's uh, because ultimately our litmus test for success is, is a very high for successful ritual is very high. Physical results is a hard litmus test. It, it doesn't usually lie. <laughs> you you mm-hmm. could get coincidental results, which happens. But you know, if there's a coincidence that falls your way, you're going to take that as as results. But that's still a very high litmus test that your ritual had an impact. Is some kind of physical result or a self transformational change where you were acting different from then on out. Both cases, those those are. Uh, a relatively high watermark that what you were doing um, had some merit. Yeah. Okay. Real quick, Andrea, going back to losing the luggage in the airport. So you do your thing, you, you know, you throw it out there to the universe. What are we looking for? Are we getting the luggage back? Are we just being calm that the luggage is gone? Oh, no, we're looking to get the luggage back. Okay. <laughs> Let me give you a little story because I'm from Chicago. So yeah, I, people, yeah, I'd love to hear some. The, the people in Chicago will certainly appreciate this. 
In my previous career, many years ago, I used to do some some drag racing, and then you know it was oh, fun. I have I have done that as well. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, yeah. And I had this little Honda Civic, and I'm not a small guy, that but it was a Honda Civic, and it had a a nice Accord engine, which was bigger than it should have been, and an exhaust system that was completely illegal. Um, <laughs> Not too bad, except when you get an emissions notification in the mail. Okay. So, you know, I figured, well, you know, I'm going to fail this emissions test. Because yep. I can't afford to fix it right now. So I'll just go to the emissions test and get my 90 days to fix it or whatever. But then at the, at the emissions test, I had this really great idea. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a sigil magic spell right here because I have a 40-minute wait, a 35-minute wait <laughs> in line. Okay. So then I started doing the sigil, you know, dropped the sigil real fast, started going, doing the mantra in my car, you know, in my head, visualizing the sigil, focusing on the sigil as intently as I possibly could, rolled up to the thing. The, the uh, emissions test was fine. They ignored the fact I had a... Uh, illegal exhaust system because the emissions were fine, which they're not supposed to do in emissions tests, and just let me go with a pass. <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. I love it. Not the droids you're looking for, exactly. <laughs> I didn't know. Now, the thing about that is I did not know how that result would manifest. I wasn't trying to manipulate the other people, per se. I didn't really care how that result manifested. All I cared about was the result. And then you see that that was a successful act where I had to, I had to pass that. And there's been other times that, you know, where I've needed money because of, to to pay rent or something because you know I overspent or was stupid. Yeah. And with my back to the wall, I'm pretty good in a crisis, and was able to get some you know extra work here or do something here that all of a sudden it worked itself out. And these are kind of tangible results that you can kind of get when you're focusing on physical magic uh, in the way that I'm talking about, physical results. Now, does this happen overnight? Is it like Harry Potter where you wave a wand and go, Leviosa? No. These things right. take effort. They take time. You know, that that little car incident was probably backed up with two years of meditation training you know, where I was working on meditating and breathing and being able to focus. You know, but when the pinch when the pinch was on, all that training paid off. It's kinda of like, you know, I do also do martial arts and the closest thing is well, when you're doing martial arts you train and train and train. For that one time it's important. That's not always true with magic, but it, it is a lot of work. in my book, Hands on Chaos Magic, I try to make it as fun as possible, uh, you know, but there's no instant solution. Uh, the the work you put in allows you to do stuff like that. Now you have a section called energy manipulation, and uh, I found that interesting because Annette, she's been to, uh, we've done house parties together, and before I start, I give an example. I never looked at it as magic, but I gave I give an example of being able to manipulate or control energy by using dow having people hold dowsing rods and stuff like that and i've shown a uh a printout of an ekg t test that once i lay back and meditated um while i was having it done next thing you know the nurse is screaming because of the way the thing basically went off the off the grid um so it was very interesting but i never looked at it as being magic so it was uh an interesting read the uh, energy yeah. manipulation. This is kind of like me and Llewellyn, uh, and that's the publisher, kind of fought over the title a little. My title was the subtitle of Reality Manipulation Through the Vakey Curd. Because the word magic is very convoluted right now. You know, is it stage magic? Is it... Mm -hmm. Is it something else? Is it is it uh, a ceremony? What what is magic? I, I think reality manipulation is a much closer term to what we're trying to do. 
um, in a lot of ways, whether it's in an internal reality where you're changing yourself and metamorphosizing into somewhat something greater than you were, or whether it's an external change like getting people to ignore the fact you have an exhaust system that's probably too illegal to pass. Okay, and uh, you give exercises to do for people to do in the book too, as far as uh, the energy manipulation. So. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of exercises uh, with that. Because yeah. uh, um, in in a lot of Western systems of magic, that um, that really is a corner piece of often a corner piece in a lot of books that are missing about how to actually get the work, the magic to work. I mean, any system of magic can work. Any system of belief can can produce results, but it's kind of these underlying mechanisms, underlying core techniques that uh, often are skipped over because people, I guess, think it's uh, not important enough to cover. Or I don't I don't actually know why they skip over it all the time. Well, I don't think the public would be, uh, you know, because um, Annette, you'll you'll agree with me, they were kind of shocked with what I did with the dowsing rods at the last party. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I don't want to say, oh, I'm going to perform a little magic, you know, a little ceremony or whatever, get myself warmed up, uh, <laughs> because uh, the readings, you know, especially being a house party, they might not go that smooth afterwards uh, because of what people might start thinking. So um, you also have what is, I'm going to ask you, what is invocation as you have it in your book? Invocation is when you... Usually it's when you draw a spirit into you, into your mind, and pull it to the forefront. Now, obviously in voodoo, we go as far to pull the spirits in and then let them take over. That isn't always the case. In ceremonial magic, you would kind of get the vibe inside your head and resonate it out. Um, in, in some Wiccan rituals that I've seen, they invoke the goddess and, and the god, and they're kind of resonating with it. So I would say it's kind of like taking a set of characteristics that you understand with a concept, a spirit, or a personality, and bringing that through the use of ritual and trance into the forefront of your consciousness um, so it becomes more resonant with who you are. So it's like you become slightly a different person for a temporary period of time or a different thing for a different point of time. Would it be like channeling? I would often consider channeling as a first step towards invocation, yeah. Um, okay. Which I, I kind of talk about a little in the book, too, because there's this whole having conversations uh, with spirits where it's like the first step is you're having the conversation so you have like a kind of connection. And then the next step is they're kind of inside you, where the final step is you're possessed. They're, they've taken over for a congregation or for a ceremony. Then what would you do to free them out of you? And well, it, it, this, this is a question that depends on which system you're working in, which uh, uh magical system. Now in voodoo they usually almost always leave on their own accord because they understand uh, that's how there's a relationship with the spirits already built up. Mm -hmm. They understand they come in for a while and then they kind of leave. But uh, in, in my book, Hands-On Chaos Magic, there's often techniques of banishing and uh, license to depart to kind of expel a spirit that won't necessarily leave someone's mind. Uh, in often cases, since you're, you're trying to get them to do something in a friendly manner, but in some cases how to expel kind of a spirit and ritual uh, through more forceful means. Okay. And Absolutely. most of that is, that, that's mostly, again, just practicing the banishing. The, the, first, the, the first few things I talk about it after breathing and sitting is banishing and getting that really down because when you're in ritual and you're in those kind of rituals, you need to be able to banish, and that's just that's what gets rid of. That's what gets them out of people's head. Okay. 
Annette? Yeah. Um, I wish I had the book in front of me. <laughs> Ed, you're at a... You, you're you at will a get the book advantage. next time. You'll get the and we'll have... See, if I would have known, I would have sent you both the book, so... Next time. Yeah. That's okay. Um, I'm uh, sorry, is there anywhere where people can go to have a class with you or something on your lecture? Yeah, I mean, actually, you know, Chicago is very blessed as far as Andrea Vidimus goes because although I don't live in Chicago right now, I come back every couple months and teach classes. Um, oh, and I teach, I teach classes at both Alchemy Arts in Chicago and the Occult Bookstore in Chicago, uh, both of which I'm pretty close friends with the owners in both stores. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so if, if people wanted to find out about those, where should they where should they look? A dot com? Uh, uh, a cult bookstore is a cult bookstore dot com and uh, alchemy arts is alchemy arts dot alchemy dash arts dot com. Um and your um, website? And my website I do have yeah, I do have events on my website which I put in the chat room, which was www dot uh, Andrea Vitimus, which is A-N-D-R-I-E-H-V-I-T-I-M-U-S dot com. I do post my events there. The next big event that I'm doing is a weekend reality manipulation boot camp, which is going to just be outside. It's not quite in Chicago. It's in Twin Lakes, Michigan, which is about four hours from Chicago. Mm-hmm. I think it's closer to Indiana. It is. Um, it's in Twin Lakes, uh Michigan at this uh, place called Six Crows Esoteric School, which is I just love the people up there. And there's details uh, th- there, and we're going to cover every not we're going to cover as much as we can in three days. And we're going to do really strong rituals. We're going to uh, really sit down, and I'm going to really go with people. I'm not going to lecture with people. It's a workshop. We're going to do the magic. We're going to do the energy manipulation. We're going to do banishing until people have it down. A really exper- experiential training. That's the next big thing, and that's going to be at the end of this month, in the last week in May. All right, we have a caller. Let's see what uh, what we have. Caller, hello. Uh-huh. Hello, hello. Yes. I'm getting a number one 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 one. Hello, caller, are you there? Okay. I yeah, guess I not. Nah. Nah. Okay. But if, but if people want to call in, feel free to dial 646-915-9653. You're, um, where can I find the book? The book is actually, well, obviously both Alchemy Arts and Occult Bookstore will have the book. And I, I yeah. try to tell people to go to the smaller stores that, that at first if they can. Amazon has it. It's, it's a long title. Amazon has it. Borders has it. Uh, Barnes and Noble has it or can get it, uh, but definitely support your local stores. But it, like I said, Amazon has it. There's a whole link. There's a whole bunch of links on my website that also have have the book. Uh, you okay. can get it. Um, so it's it's because it's a Llewellyn title. It's almost you can get it almost anywhere. It's just the beauty of being a Llewellyn author that they have great now, distribution. Now, my question is, you don't have to be of any specific faith or belief to um, get, to find an interest in this book, do you? No. Uh, the book, and this is one of the beautiful things about uh, chaos magic, is that it's not mm-hmm. dogmatic, which means hands-on chaos magic is like looking at the underpinnings of how magic works. Now, you can take that, all those underpinnings and examples, and apply them to your own sets of beliefs and working with your own deities and goddesses or your own set of spirits to get better results with what you already work with. Okay. What kind of readings do you do, sir? I do a combination of tarot, scrying, and obi at the same time. Um, And obi is an African divination, so I kind of use all three to kind of get any... To cl- for mostly tarot, but uh, use the other two to kind of clarify, to kind of hear the spirits at the same time, and then get yes or no answers with Obi to make sure I'm right on target. What does Obi involve? Let me ask you. Uh, yeah, I have three Never coconuts. Heard of it. 
Yeah, you have three. You have four coconut shells, and um, it can, can get more complicated than this. But in a simple way, it's 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 an Afro Caribbean um, divination system that is usually used in Santeria, but we use this in Voodoo too. And you just kind of throw it throw it down, and the number up or down is whether it's yes or no, or maybe or hell no, <laughs> basically. Like why are you like why are you asking this question or there's danger with you even asking this question type of thing, and you can interpret that to get absolute yes or no answers because it's either yes it's no you can also do it with coins, uh, you know two up, or mm-hmm. like two up two down is yes absolutely and then there's you know there's like three up and one down which is sort of yes but it's not stable and then there's four yes which is Yes, but it's at its crescent point, and it might not be stable, and there's different variations. So it's essentially uh, a system a lot like the I Ching, um, except you're getting a yes or no answer. But in its more complicated forms, it actually it has many more interpretations. Um, so. Yeah, I never. that must be something you learn by being over there or something, because I've never even, I don't believe you've even seen a book or any books really on that. On, on Obi? Yeah. Yeah, you have to look almost exclusively in um, Santeria and uh, Ifa, mm-hmm. and there's they're covered in the Ifa materials. Okay, I gotta say the book is very thick. It's very interesting. Uh, I was drawn to certain things because uh, I'm looking into hyp- hypnotism myself uh, or NLP, and um, very interesting book. Very interesting. And give the websites again where the individuals can track it down. Hey, well, just check out my website at uh, com, Or, you know, like I said, Amazon has it. Alchemy Arts has yeah. it. A Coke bookstore has it. I don't know if many of the south side, I don't get out to the south side much uh, by Rosina. I should go out there more often. I don't know yeah. if they have it, but if, if you ask them, if you ask the store owners, which they they can get it for you because it's a Llewellyn book, so it's it's anyone can get it. Any store you want to, any store you want to give your money to, they can get it. So, <laughs> plus, Andrea, <laughs> plus your uh, your website lists the places you'll be making personal appearances at too. So, yeah, yeah, it does, and um, and there's a forum that supports the book. With there's a lot of talented magicians on that forum, and you look at the forum. There's stuff in there that's not in the book. There's rituals that I've written in the last couple weeks that actually appear on the forum for people that they can go and do that are in the book. I mean, so there's it's a continual process. It's you know, you get the book. It talks about the forums and people who've gotten on the forums. They've gotten a lot of treats because a lot of people are posting using the techniques in hands-on chaos magic to develop their own rituals, and some of the rituals are fantastically creative. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I'll have to wander over there. Annette, do you have anything else for Andrea? Not right. Just I'm dying to get my hands on that book, Ed. So, <laughs> <laughs> Andrea, Hope thank you. you so much for coming on and being a guest tonight. Oh, no problem. I'm I'm happy to have you. I mean, this is kind of like a uh, you know Chicago local kind of connection going on here. So that's right. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll email you the uh, tomorrow or something. I'll email you the uh, the link in case you want to um, have this you know, broadcast on your website uh, for those that might be interested. Andrea, thank you, and uh, maybe we'll run into each other one of these days. Well, I think we I probably will. Well. It's just I, I just haven't been in Ohio, I just haven't been in Chicago uh, for three years now, but I come back all the time. But you know, maybe maybe next time I'm in Chicago, we, we can, since since I've had my unexplained world cherry popped, we can uh, go get coffee or something. Okay. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right, Andrew. Thank you very much. You have Thank you. Pleasure to Oh, that went very well, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get you this book, huh, Annette? Yes, I'm very interested. I'm intrigued. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, it is a good book. It is a good book. Um, maybe I could hmm, use maybe. my uh, reality manipulation to get the kids under control when they're making me crazy, huh? <laughs> Was that like the last time I met? I seen you. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, a little slow start of leaving. Uh, well, you know uh, what? They were, the, 
they were all energized from Rosina's children's circle. So they were all buzzing on the energy. Yeah, they wanted to go, go, go. <laughs> yeah. And Mom had to go, but she had to go a distance. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, where was I going to go with this? All right. Yeah, the book is very good. Uh, let's go to the websites mentioned, listeners, and um, yeah, we'll go from there. We are going to have Rosina on the show. Um, mm-hmm. and June 14th. June, June 14th, yeah. And, uh, hmm. Talking about the 2D and CME. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the gathering on June the 20th. Yeah, and we'll be out there, and um, I might give some demonstrations of what we were talking about with the dowsing rods and stuff like that and uh, other things, um, maybe even a little bit of the psychometry I'll give a little demonstration of the reading of individuals' energies. And, um, yeah, and listeners, Annette and I are able, we've done uh, readings in the northwest Indiana area, uh, house parties in that. We come out as a team if you want it or you have Annette uh, if you're interested in doing uh, house parties in that out in the northwest Indiana area. And um, like I said, I'll be down in Joliet. But Janelle will be joining me on uh, May 31st, and we'll be doing it in the Victorian Mansion. They'll have a uh, Victorian tea party going, and I'll be doing readings in the Victorian parlor. We had a nice turnout last time. Mm-hmm. And do uh, you have anything else to say, Annette? That's all I've got for now. Our big, okay. our big appearance on June the 20th, that's what I'm looking forward to next. <laughs> okay. Listeners, good. thank you very much. Annette, I'll call you in a minute or two. In three minutes, actually. And uh, listeners, until the next show, which is going to be about the paranormal, and will be May 17th. Until then, have a good time. Stay healthy. Cover your mouth. <laughs> Bless Don't take be. deep breaths when a guy sneezes next to you. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just play it safe. Thank you, and good night. Blessed be.